Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. Today, you're very lucky as you have me hosting instead of Andrew. So, you know, uh, it'll be a bit, bit different. Anyway, Andrew's away obviously today. Um, he's doing the hobby that we all love. He's down at Duxwoods at the Imperial Wall Museum. Well, he was until he forgot his camera and then he got a COVID thing. So he's actually not even turned up like that. So poor old Andrew tries to get out and do something cool and has been completely blown out of the water. So anyway, um, if this is your first time listening, I hope you enjoy it. Um, obviously, guys, take a look at our previous podcasts. Um, we've got a load of awesome, brilliant guests we've already had chats with, had brilliant conversations. So if you're interested in aviation and obviously the aviation photography side of things, take a look. It goes from F-15 pilots to KC-135 crew chiefs. Um, it's absolutely awesome content. So guys, give it a look and have a good listen if you can. Our podcasts are basically on Spotify and I think we've even got it on iTunes now, haven't we, Alex? Yeah, on Applecast, yeah. Yeah, Applecast. Couldn't remember which one that was. So uh, jump on and have a listen like that. So this week, you've obviously got me, Smike, and you've got Alex with me as well. How's it going, Alex? Hello there. Today, we're very, very lucky to have a guy who's pretty cool, loves some good photographs. He's got some awesome content. Uh, he had a very good Royal Navy career, um, of which he was a photographer of the Royal Navy. And I think he was doing it for pretty much seven years uh, out of his career. So let's uh, introduce, this is Stuart, uh, Stuart Hill Media. How you guys doing? Yeah, hey guys. Uh, it's nice to nice to be involved and super excited to have a good chat with you today and just talk about aviation and whatever it is you want to talk about. <laughs> well, we're yeah, no, super excited. We're, like I say, we're interested in you. So, like you say, we're, we're looking forward to some of your stories. You know, that's going to be pretty yeah. cool. Too. I've, got, I've got a few. Yeah, definitely got a few. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, just quickly, keeping it back to Instagram. Obviously, uh, we are on Instagram at avgeeks underscore assemble. Give us a follow on there and you'll be keeping up to date with all our stuff, all our photos, see what we're all about. And it's awesome. Give us a message. Let us know how you feel about this podcast and others. So, Alex, uh, one thing I'd like to have a quick chat about is obviously Instagram. Um, one of the things we've been finding at the minute is obviously reels with Instagram. Instagram has changed recently. Uh, it's gone from being all about photos. I know I've said this a lot, but it's gone to pretty much being TikTok, isn't it? Um, how are you finding the accounts running with reels and compared to photos now? Um, I've been posting a lot less reels recently purely because I wouldn't say it's a stance against Instagram because they probably wouldn't even listen to me. But um, I, I just don't like the idea of it being TikTok. Like TikTok is TikTok, Instagram is Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, like our account has 50 something thousand followers, which is amazing. But when it's only been shown to 4,000 people, I think at the time, it's just shocking. It puts a real down on it, doesn't it? You know, you, everyone's here about sort of the photography side, the whole app is built for photography and you've got them chasing yep. someone else's idea. I mean, everyone's picking it up. YouTube, Snapchat's even got it now. I mean, cool, it's good, but guys, we've got to keep photography for our own good, haven't we? You know, it's what it's all about, yep. right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Not a fan of reels. Yeah, I've got to say, no. sometimes you get many videos, I guess you don't anymore, sort of talking. No, I, no, I, I tend to just, it's, I'm not a big fan of reels. Like I, I don't mind sharing an image onto my story or whatever. And occasionally I don't mind sharing a video onto my story, but I don't go out getting reels or anything like that. I'm not, no, I, I, maybe I'm just too old. I may have just too long in the tooth for that. <laughs> the problem is it's, it's, it's not, it's not a problem with videos. It's the fact that the videos get the attention. You know, yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with the old video of like Smike, your walker, you know. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. Oh, that's cool. But it's when that, you know, things like that's okay. But when videos get all the attention, then yeah. photos are getting hardly any likes. Yeah. Purely because Instagram just doesn't like showing it. Well, they changed the things, didn't they, the other day? They changed the, the settings to like yeah. um, that you had to go into your settings and then change it to allow restricted content or. Crazy. something else sen sensitive content yeah. and stuff like that and it did it de by default without telling anyone and that was just shocking like so i noticed okay. like and for someone like you guys have got such a f huge following yeah it's going to clearly affect the amount of views and stuff that you're getting well, sort of like a follow-on subject to that is obviously the amount of young photographers that seem to be getting into this sort of hobby i mean um 
uh, going down the street in Walkers the other day, uh, Chinook, so anyone that doesn't know what Walker is, God, you know. Um, <laughs> loads of young guys there. A couple of boys met up uh, with us. They were both six, well, one was 16 and one was 17, I think, and just got a basic little set up. So, I mean, that's awesome. And then later on that evening, we got a message, or well, I got a message from someone asking me about camera setups. I mean, like, I'm probably the worst guy on the planet to ask me about that as such. There's a few better people you could have asked. Uh, so, you know, it's awesome to see young lads get into it. And I don't know if rules are going to try and ruin that because everyone we try to film off that phone rather than pick up a decent camera and get a shot because they might be worried about the likes. So there's that whole other side to the Instagram thing. Um, but that's why we get guys like Stuart in who's got some bloody brilliant content to uh driving back to uh i I, I, I guess like this conversation has been around for a long time like i remember like when film photography i mean i'd learn i learned on film photography so it was like and then digital came along and it was all about oh no we'll use film first and we'll use digital to back up and then it then there was a huge so we we took all our work on film i remember doing aerial shots with the hasselblad and only having like 12 shots to do an aerial photography like taking photographs of submarines and stuff like that and i and then i had to get like five shots of the submarine and then i would have to go and do like a, a sports event with the same shot and then and then it all changed and then digital came along and then film sort of got thrown out the way and film was back up and then digital became the priority so it's like and then camera phones came along and it's like oh but yeah i there's nothing will be an slr camera like there's nothing will be an slr I guess like it's the availability and how much you want to get into it, isn't it? Like with the young photographers, it comes down to money yeah, and that's always going to be, it's always going to be a key thing to. Cause yeah. it, it is a very expensive hobby, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah, mean, it is. Yeah. Like yeah. If you're not going to make money from it, yeah, it's a huge outlay, isn't it? I think the guys that I spoke to the other day picked up a, uh, one was like a 10 year old digital camera from his dad and the other one was his old uh, DSLR from his dad with gra- cracking little cameras, you know, but just hand-me-downs, which to be fair, if you're getting into aviation or any sort of photography with it, you don't have to have an amazing setup. I don't have an amazing Yeah, setup. I agree. Oh, no, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, I still got a D2H and knocking about and I've, I mean, I've got, I've got cameras everywhere, um, but it's just like, but I've still got like my first film camera on Olympus and I've still got like my, I've F4 and I've actually just got, I still use my F4 and I've got my fridge full of film still. So it's like yeah. when you get them, like you don't throw them away or go to a charity shop. I remember go to charity shops and like hunting down and finding cameras in charity shops and stuff like that. And just getting a cheap 50 mil lens and raking up. Yeah. And just Wait, shooting stuff like that. Out. Gets you into the hobby, yeah. Doesn't it? Keeps yeah, definitely, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, obviously, Stuart, we've had a quick little chat. So, um, obviously, we chucked in a few little things there about what you used to do and what you have taken photos of. So, we're going to give you a minute, mate. Give us a little bit of a description about yourself. <laughs> oh my, I don't know if I could fit into a minute, but um, <laughs> I mean, I um, yeah. So, like, I joined the Navy in 1997. Um, is a junior steward with no qualifications whatsoever i was just a school dropout i didn't really do much and i was a bit of a just yeah my dad was in the army my stepdad was in the army and, and then i joined the navy because i thought it was going to sort my life out and basically just became the ship's photographer and while still doing my student role and then realized that actually this is my passion and then got involved in doing intelligence gathering and that side of things. And it was so hard when we will go into more detail, I'm sure about how I became a photographer, but, and then I served as a photographer. I um, did a, a nine month course at RAF Cosford to become a professional military photographer, um, all about doing military photography. And the details on that is just endless. Like it's basically yeah. like a degree photography course and more in nine months there was like exams every week it was just brutal and um and then i went and served in iraq afghanistan northern ireland somalia the middle east um i did counter narcotics patrols um doing both pr and intelligence gathering and you name it 
pretty much did it with regards to the photography side of things. And, and now I work for, I did a few, it's weird. I've had, had a few different jobs. So I managed a media center for the MOD. I then went and worked for the army doing, bringing doctrine to life, capturing stuff for the army. So like out on Salisbury plane and all that sort of stuff, filming live firing events. And now I work for a games company as the senior video producer, making videos for a military simulation company, Bohemia Interactive Simulations, which for some of you might know their sister company, Bohemia, who make Armour 3. Um, oh, well, I've only so just you, put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the sister company, uh, Armour 3. So yeah. the, the company used to be together and then it sort of separated and uh, Operation Flashpoint became um, VBS, yep. which is Virtual Battlefield Simulation. And I now basically make um all of the trailers and training videos and all of that sort of stuff for vbs4 and vbs3 uh and it's an amazing job like it's living the dream sh shout out to bohemia we'll chuck a link in the description uh of some of the videos that still has done and some of his content from what he's spoken about if you're not too sure of what it is it is amazing to watch uh have a good scroll through you might be there for a 20 minutes half an hour because i was i took a minute out of work and yeah just don't tell the boss <laughs> no it is it's pretty cool yeah it's it's an interesting job it, it's a good it, way I to get... go from photography you're sort of advanced with it having you to sort of more modern you know applications of it really you know, it's... yeah it's it's really cool actually using my like years of experience within the military photography side of things like doing air to air and ground to air and air to ground sort of stuff and then actually using all of that experience now to capture the same shots but yeah. within a simulation game so like the other day i was getting shots of a b-52 bomber flying over pittsburgh and we use because we can go to the whole earth simulation and we can use bing data i then put b-52s down on the ground and actually from where they've taken off from and then i can then set all these missions up and i get aerial shots from b-52s but within game and stuff like that and then reaper drones and pretty much got every military aircraft known to man in our game so it's brilliant just Throw them I feel in like there. we need a separate podcast just for your gaming. Uh, <laughs> just <to see> <laughs> oh, it's mental! Like, I, like, I, like my screen grabs and stuff. Like, obviously, I can't share my screen, but you'll get the idea from the YouTube videos and stuff like that. Like yeah. the sort of stuff. Like, I mean, my first video was sort of released in 2019, and it was the biggest project that I'd done, and it was one of the biggest videos for the company. Actually, we decided to. I decided that we wanted to push it out in 4K. And none of the other sort of simulation companies are doing that. I realized at the time it was so, I was like, what have I put myself in for here? It was like, I spent a month, I, I spent a month in Prague and like work, work in 18, 19 hour days to try and get this video. And it's now, thankfully it's paid off. Like, cause we've got over like 50 odd thousand views or something on YouTube. So yeah. yeah it, hard work pays off. Mate. It was hard work, mate. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty brutal at the time. <laughs> Wicked, wicked. Uh, Alex, have you got any questions for Stuart, mate? Uh, yeah, so uh, were you into photography before you joined the Navy? Yeah, like my dad, my real dad, like he was a, he was a fashion photographer. Oh, he used to go out to doing like fashion shoots and stuff like that. So as a kid, I remember him dragging me along to these shoots and stuff like that and with models walking around. And as a kid, you think, oh, this is interesting, isn't it? With like model, <laughs> models walking around and stuff. So I remember going on to do do that sort of stuff and realize I'd always had a, an eye for photography and stuff and wanted to get involved with it. And I guess back in like the late eighties, early nineties, it was hard for me to get a camera. And then I was moving from England to Germany and then I was in boarding school and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, I've always loved it and I've always had that creative flair and stuff, but I always I wanted to take photos. Yeah. I guess it goes back to like, like nowadays what we were just talking about with the room and stuff. It's like, going back sort of 20 years there was a completely different way of starting to get into oh. it isn't it it was really you have to be committed for it you don't just like say yeah phone and get some shots or something or whack it on instagram for some views or for real or such it's different oh it was yeah it was huge like and then obviously when i joined the navy um i always had a camera um, and wherever we went, I would always take photographs of the guys doing stuff or doing things at work. And then, cause one, 
I hated my job that I did in the I hated my job that I did in the Navy as a steward and I was like I just do I did everything else other than wanting to do my job. So like I that photography was my thing and it was like that thing to go, well if I'm taking photographs, people are like, Oh, they want to see the photographs and yeah. because it was all film back then and the other I can't even remember what they were called, like the micro cassettes. Yeah, yeah. And um, remember, go every time I went alongside somewhere in the Mediterranean or wherever we were, I would always go to the local developer and get them developed. And like, and I would take the contact sheet back to the guys and go, guys, which one do you want me to print? And I'd take go back and they'd go, oh, can I get one of that one? Can I get one of this one? And I would go back to the printers and go, can I get five of this one? And can I get this one <laughs> enlarged to 2016 and stuff like That's that? True. So it was like... Don't yeah. even think about like doing it like that. Everyone never never been into that like sort of event for that. Like, yeah, like, you know, my loft is just full of negatives. Like it's full. <laughs> so, did the navy supply you with a camera when you were just on board, or was that when you yeah. actually advised as, or you know, you ranked up as such to be a military photographer? Is that um, yeah, no. So when I was a ship's photographer, we did have ship's cameras. I had my own camera anyway, um, but because I was a ship's photographer, there's a huge difference between a ship's photographer and a naval photographer. Um, anyone could be a ship's photographer like, out with their normal role, but um, it's it's really specialised to become a Royal Naval photographer. Um, so when I was a ship's photographer, I just used um, whatever kit we had, and it wasn't that specialist because we weren't doing anything specialist and we didn't need long 600 mil lenses or anything like that or night scopes and stuff. Um, so yeah, we just used normal kit. But when I was a ship's when I was a, a Navy photographer, um, man, I would be going away with like probably 40 grand's worth of kit. Um, I would have like, you know, the old huge pelly cases full yeah. of just kit. So I'd like 600 mil lenses, I'd have 400 mil lenses, I'd have 200 mil lenses, I'd have 70 to 200, I'd have everything from like 14 to 24 all the way up to 600 mil and I'd have two times wow. teleconverters, I'd have an astroscope to do night photography, um, I'd have video equipment, I'd have a BGAN so I could do um, satellite, so I could transmit my images back if we were at sea so I could connect my image. So I could satellite send my if we could be anywhere in the world and I just pop up my satellite and I'd transmit images back and you had the yeah. setup. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, yeah. But the worst thing about it is like if you break something, like it is like, oh god, it was brutal. I I don't know. I've got to tell you a story. I don't know if it is now the time to go into a story. So like I lost a camera bag out the side of a helicopter. Um <laughs> We, it wasn't even my fault. Like we had to do an incident report. I'm going to throw that out there. There was a dropped object incident report, and I had to go into Flops magazine as a dropped object because I was doing a, I was in a I was in a Fortex out in Q8, and we had all the task force there, and we had the uh, Q80 super links up. We had that up, and I was in our I was in our uh, links doing all the photographs of the task force of the Q80. And the pilot, like, brilliant. I love work with them. Amazing guys. And I'm not going to name names. But basically, we were doing, like, we went from really quite high altitude. And we dropped down massively. And we did, like, a wing over. So on the link, you can basically go, you can basically go inverted. And the top of the, at the top of the altitude, you can then flip it over. And then you drop down. But what's happened is I'd clip my camera bag. I'd clip my camera bag into the, uh, <laughs> sorry, my, uh, my girlfriend <laughs> told me that. <laughs> and, uh, basically my um camera bag that was clipped to the seat had um was clipped there and i'd done it so many times and normally we only normally if we're doing a fotex it's just me in the back and maybe the observer and we're on yeah. dispatcher and we're also well we had a passenger so we had the inflatable seat in the back and he was clipped in the door normally one door's open one door shut but we had both doors open so i had my sort of um think tank stuff i used to use think tank stuff and it's really good and i told them connected and stuff and and i my camera's around my neck and and i filmed just in the fotex and i went to put my stuff back in my camera bag and i went i went have you seen my camera bag anywhere <laughs> so the the guy that was the the chief that was sat in the back and he went no i went well i don't know where it's gone it was there he went i went have you hit it because we used to play pranks on each other a lot. I went, have you hid yeah. my camera bag? And yeah. he went, no, 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 I haven't. I went, well, have you not seen a camera bag come flying past your head at all? And he went, no. I went, well, it must have come past you at some point because it definitely come past me because I was sat in the door. Yeah. My legs dangling yeah. out. 
So what I what I can only assume is is as we've done the wing over, the G force has basically broken the strap, and it's flew out of the other door, like, and it's went somewhere. Like, thankfully, I didn't. I I lost a camera bag and a um, an SB nine hundred flash like in the back yeah. and most of the, all the other kit pretty much I had around me cause I had both cameras and my lenses. Yeah. So I didn't actually lose too much kit, but it was just the, it was just the point of losing a camera bag out the side of the helicopter and then having to report it all. Man, I was known throughout the photography world of losing a camera bag out of a helicopter. It was, but I've trashed I've trashed a lot of kit in my time. Like from was, was about to say, so obviously working in the Navy, do you find sea spray? I mean, obviously we go out and I get stuff oh. my lens, dirty. Yeah, you know how it is just having cameras. You must have had a nightmare with it. I mean, did you find cleaning kit was really, really regular or you just sort of had to get Yeah. Up? Like it was a huge balance between like when it was filmed, like Hasselblads, they were brutal. Like they could put up with anything. Yeah. I remember throwing, it was like a brick. Like this thing could just, you could throw this at someone and it would kill them. It was that heavy. <laughs> and then it is, but then when we got like, we started on the D, the D1s and we went all the way through the Nikon D1s all the way up to like the D4s and the D4S and the D4XS. And it was just like, when we got onto them, like, I remember taking photographs. Uh, have you ever heard of the SPAG group? So it's a submarine parachute assistance group. And basically these guys are qualified submariners, but they're also qualified parachutists. And then if a submarine gets trapped underwater, what they'll do is they'll fly a C-130 over. The guys will jump out the back with all the rescue stuff and they will then get ready to receive the, the guys coming out of the submarine. So we were practicing that in the, in the Clyde up near Faz Lane. And I was on a, um, a jet boat with the Royal Marines um, and I was, and it was horrific weather. So I'm in a dry suit. I've got a waterproof cover over my butt, my camera, and I'm just getting goffered. Like it was just coming over the top of me and everything. I trashed literally like trashed all my kit. Like I was wringing water out of the body and everything. It was just, um, and then you're like, but you, we get put sent on courses to learn how to clean it. And, but we have a we were quite lucky in the way where we'd always have spare kit and if kit got broke we would just send it back to the manufacturer nikon actually were the worst for um getting kit serviced wow like yeah like we had such a bad deal with getting nikon stuff serviced um when we switched to canon canon would like turn around like replacements within 30 days wow. um nikon you just we would have to tend to we'd tend to have to go to a private company in Edinburgh to get them serviced and fixed and stuff rather than send them to Nikon. So following on but yeah, that, like, did you record, like um, go to staff and be like, hey, I, I need a new camera or I need this or I need that or you just assign a budget or what you know? How yeah. So that cha- yeah, it changed like when we when it switched to digital, it changed and you would just have like camera equipment in in the store and you would go and sign a camera out and you go, right, I need like a 7,200 mil. I want a, a D1. I want a backup camera just to get, get another double body. So we can, rather than switching lenses, you can just have like a medium lens and a long lens. Um, but then the Navy changed it over and they, and they went to personal kit. So you then got assigned full kit and then it was your responsibility to look after it. But there was always like a debate on what kit people wanted and, what you were doing and we'd always keep up with the trends because we were supplying our images to people like the question is is like people would always ask us why is the photographers of the navy and we were we were like well the stuff that you see in the news is supplied by us it's not supplied by a news photographer sometimes sometimes they'll come out and do it but like the videos from like Iraq and Afghanistan and images and stuff like that. They're all done by a military photographer and we supply it to the news and stuff. So it's, um, yeah. So it was one of those things we kept up with the trends and stuff like that. And you get sent on video courses and keep updated with your skills and stuff. I guess like uh, one of the new sort of developments such with cameras nowadays is GoPros. GoPros are wicked, aren't they? you got this tiny camera and a 4K video. I mean, like, um, have you ever taken one of them with you? I guess that's more. Yeah. 
So, oh, yeah, you no, did. yeah, brilliant. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I remember like um, attaching them onto guys' weapons and stuff like that. So, yeah. like, attaching, getting like, I'd 3D print some like um, Picatinny rail GoPro mounts. Yeah. So, you can like attach the GoPro onto someone's Picatinny. And I, I remember I wanted to get this cool shot of like someone drawing his pistol. So, I, I we got this like wrist mount for the GoPro. And as it's mounting his wrist, you can actually see him pulling the pistol out. And as he's firing the GoPros down there, and you can get the shots down that. And That's cool. Yeah. And I, obviously, when I left the military, I got, got made redundant in 2013 with the defense cuts. I then went and did my drone license course. So I, I like yeah. flying drones and stuff like that. But I remember taking like um, a 360 panorama head with me because I wanted to get a really cool shot in Gibraltar. So got this really cool shot and i took it away with me it was my own kit and i got this really nice shot of the ship in three full 360 and i unfolded it into a panorama and you can see like the whole of gibraltar and stuff like that it was really cool so yeah you get you get to take some of your own kit and if you wanted to buy something you can request it and most yeah. of the time you get it actually we were really lucky in the in that regard wow. of being able to get kit well, I guess any kit sort of helps out if you're doing sort of like say like a publicity with it all or if you're actually trying to get as such intel and whatnot if you know there's something out there yeah like intel like, stuff is yeah, in, help you out on they no matter sort of what the cost would be yeah, yeah the in, in in gathering is really cool obviously not to go too much into it but yeah, yeah. there's the kit the kit the kit that we got to use was like really really good to be able to capture stuff from the air from like a good yeah. few miles away and stuff like that so and at night time as well so yeah i was just gonna ask a quick question about uh do you follow uh patrick on instagram raw navy crewman oh yeah 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 so yeah, i do yeah. actually yeah he's really good he got he, he he gets some nice stuff actually yeah it's yeah. quite a, it's quite an in-depth sort of background from an from a an air crew point of view which is really cool actually yeah yeah um i was just gonna ask like how different is that is that the same position that you were in what he was doing oh uh, no so he's like he his 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 role is um like full-on air crew and he takes so his main role oh, okay. his main his main role will be like um air full-on air crew so if he's doing like winching exercises and stuff like that he will do like winching i'm assuming he'll also be like weapons trained so if you've got door gunning he will do door gun and stuff yeah i think he talks about that yeah and he's also probably wescam operator trained and stuff like that so if you've got like wescam on uh, merlin or links then you can he'll probably operate the wescam um to do all that sort of stuff um which is really cool um, and if you're not sure what Wescam is, basically, you know, like the police helicopters have their IR, oh, yeah. IR thermal imaging cameras. That's basically what that is. Whereas my role was, people go, oh, all you are is a photographer. And that's literally all, <laughs> all, all, all I, that's, I'm like, yeah, but I go up and I make you look good a lot yeah. of the time. So it's like, well, I get to photograph you doing your work and, yeah. and we get to, um, it was really cool actually because some days you do like i was content managing intelligence stuff that's or other intelligence stuff that's coming in from say aerial assets like a scan eagle or something like that then i would do an assessment on what that was so you would do a bit of this and then you would do a bit of like well this is a fishing dow and you would do some highlighting of like is this just a fishing boat or is it a drug runner and you can work it out from the images and stuff like that and but yeah yeah no it's it's pretty mental like that you, how you can use that yeah that's a lot a lot of tech to keep going like you say there's a lot out there i mean i for what we can go and buy and what i can go and afford every now and again you know it's like it's completely different world completely different world yeah it really is yeah it, so it's obviously you've done you've done quite a lot of <coughs> a lot of shots <laughs> and you've got a lot of well pretty pretty brilliant memories and you know you've done some really cool work um do you have the like your creme de la creme of a shot? Do you have that one oh. shot that you look at and go, you know what, <laughs> that I'm, I'm after everything, delete everything else, that one is the best. You know what? The worst thing about it is I've probably forgotten about half of the shots I've taken, <laughs> and it, it, it's not it's not until I look through, um, like. Oh man, I've taken some shot. I've like, I love going out and some of the best experience. I, I don't think I could put a finger on a single shot. I don't yeah. like working with search and rescue was amazing up in Presswick. Like some of the, some of the search and rescue stuff that I was involved in was just phenomenal. Like going out with those guys and getting put into situations where you can capture like really harsh mountain 
stuff rescues which was amazing but then the next day you could be out on a speedboat a police speedboat photographing a nuclear submarine you know what i mean or i'm you know what i mean or i'm in a hawk photographing a ho- inside a hawk you know what i mean or yeah. so, um, it is so varied how did you find yeah that? was it always go up with the little lens on or was you trying to get something like you know what's sort of uh, like i would probably always go i'd take two lenses i'd probably take an 18 to 35 um and i would uh, probably take um a um a 24 or 70 um just because the best thing i used to enjoy doing is like if you had the control of telling the pilot where to fly that was the best thing to do rather than saying right say say boss can you move a little bit closer or can you move further away rather than just trying to get it because when you're in the cab like it's so hard to to keep that camera and g-forces massively affects the shutter speed and stuff like that so yeah yeah, it really does like it was more so with film cameras um not so much now with like mirrorless and stuff like that but it definitely was it was a huge thing um doing air to wear but i loved like some of my most favorite air to wear is like links being in links and photographing from links and being in front of a a type 23 type 23 frigate and you're like the ship's coming that way and you're telling the pilot and we're hovering and and you're just conning the pilot and you and you go boss and basically what you do is you go boss i just want you to let the ship come underneath the aircraft but you're like level with the bridge and as the ship's driving you get the helo just to go over the top and then he'll invert the and he'll roll the cab over so i'm shooting basically straight down some of the words some of the when i was out in the caribbean um is when the pilots and you tell the pilots you go boss i want you to go from low altitude to high but you need to go slowly because what you forget is that air temperature really massively affects the camera because like i remember dropping like we went to max altitude around about ten thousand feet and we dropped down to next to nothing in like seconds and all of my camera just fogged up yeah. because of the air temperature change. Cause it just, yeah. con- and I was like, well, I'm out of action. For- <laughs> I, we, we need to fly around for at least 25 minutes before I can even yeah. take it to the photograph now. So sometimes what I would do is I would put a camera into a cool bag. Okay. Yeah. So I would put a separate camera into a cool bag, knowing that that would be fine, like for going, doing stuff at high altitude. And then when I took, was that one of your uh, like lessons that you learned? Yeah, lessons learned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lessons learned. Yeah, definitely yeah. lessons learned. So, I, but that wasn't in the old um, training courses. Nah, no, nah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No, like conning was a huge thing. Like being able to being able to con, and there was like uh, some really good guys out there, like some photographers that like navy photographers that showed us, and I still speak to them now um who are doing really well um for themselves and they taught me a lot in how to like con an aircraft and how to communicate to the pilot and how to always have the door on the inside of where you're photographing and stuff like that so you don't like doing figure of eights around an object and stuff so you've always got are you in constant communication with the pilot yeah always yeah so like yeah constant communication like where you're telling the, like boss i want you to go down one or left left slight up down right and i want you to roll over i want you to increase speed or uh, yeah it's yeah it's really weird like i remember doing it for the first time and feeling really really nervous because the pilot was he was having to play with me because he knew what he knew it was my first time and he was <laughs> and he and he's like all right Stu, come on <laughs> come on tell me where you want me tell me where you want me and i'm like boss yeah. come on just just like just like come on stop in an egypt whatever and just go like so sort of just go like but it's like um just sort of going like yeah but um like i remember going and photographing a ship we had to go and photograph a ship for a certain reason and we needed a stay out of sight right until the last minute before we got permission to go in so we were literally like so close to the water it was crazy um we were hovering and we were like max chatting and we got permission to go in and his for his words were Stu, how close do you want me to get i was like and i without thinking i just went oh as close as you want to and <laughs> that probably wasn't what i should have said because we literally like came like we were so low and we were like traveling right up the stern of this ship and just as we got right next to the ship he just came right up rolled right across the bridge wing 
So we've cut right across the bridge. And I could have stepped out of the helicopter onto the bridge. We were that close. They had no idea that the captain's face was like, <laughs> and I'm like that going, wait! <laughs> you're on the camera. I was going to uh, ask, do, do, I'm assuming these ships know that you're coming or not? That, that one didn't. Just <laughs> <laughs> don't give them any warning. That one, no, we were in an uh, in a, an operational area, um, and oh. we were gathering some photos, um, and they had no idea we were there. Wow. Like, and we like, from yeah. <laughs> it's just also like, like carrying on from that. Do you find like when you were talking in the military, did you find you used to get guys try and pose or guys hide or? They turn it up a bit more, like, you know, like really going of, for it. Royal Marines definitely posed yeah. a lot. Like Royal Marines <laughs> are big, massive poses. Like, but um, <laughs> there was also a huge, like, a huge thing. Like, if you got your photograph taken, you'd get created for having your photograph being in the in the Navy News or in the Global Buster and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So you tend to sometimes get guys going, oh, no, I don't want my photograph taken, or I'm going Special Forces, mm. so I don't want my photograph. I'm like, well, uh, I'll just photograph you from another way. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to show you ugly grid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, no, most of the guys actually, when they realize, when you go into a ship, so like I did numerous deployments, and you're on the ship for sort of seven or eight months, um, and you're as a photographer, and when you first join up, people are like, oh, he comes a photographer, blah, blah, blah. But then they realize, actually, they're away for like seven, eight months. They're going to get like their own portfolio of images yeah, of themselves yeah. doing their own work. Yeah. So they then become your friend, and you go, oh, Stu, I'm going to do this. Can I do that? And what yeah. was good is actually if you've got a good operations officer, I would just jack up my own work. Like we were out as a task group, and I'm like, "Boss, we've got this going on over here. Can you can we get the helo? Because I was a part of the flight crew. Can we get yeah. the helo? And can we task? And can we go and drop me off here? Or can I get in a speedboat? And could we go and do that? And if you got a good ops officer, then they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah," because they see the benefit yeah. in doing what we were doing. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it was a, so it was a really good job. When when you were deployed, was it just you as the military photographer, or was there? Yeah. 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 So on some like on normally you it was a, a called Fleet C, so you're in a that's deployable state as a photographer. You'll have land shore based roles and you'll have sea based roles, and you also have say for instance like the the new uh, QE, they've got their they'll have their new um they'll have a photographer section on each. So they'll probably have like maybe two or three photographers and they'll probably maybe have an American photographer on them as well. Cause obviously yeah. the F-35s, um, but on the, like the frigates and the destroyers, um, and smaller ships, they won't have photographers. So what they will do is they'll request a photographer from command to, for a photographer to go out and attach themselves into the ship. Um, and a lot of the time is actually your main role is there as, um, you're there at intelligence gathering, um and yes. you then do because we're PR like games getting like, yeah in, you actually are there doing work as well aren't you as such yeah that's... yeah so you so you then tie that in with doing the PR PR slash media gathering role and yeah. then um get involved that way but yeah no it's there's some good some good deployments out there like like Caribbean was amazing it was so good chasing drug runners <laughs> well, um, we'll, we'll step back from the Caribbean and come all the way back to sunny old England, hey, for a quick, yeah. <laughs> um, quick question. A few people were probably very interested in this one. So, um, I'm a bit of a basic, cheap guy for camera setups. Uh, Alex, Alex is pretty good. He just sort of sticks to Instagram mainly, he deals with all our images that we give him. But, um, Stuart, what's your setup at the minute, or what would you like to get as well? Oh man, so you got found the camera. You keep it down. So, so no, so I have like um, you know what I'm using at the moment. I'm using like a D800, like a Nikon D800. Yep. I've got um, just a, I've got a camera grip on it and like a battery extender with it because I feel like I like a, a bigger body. I'm used to having like a big body to hold, um, so I prefer that. It gives a bit more sturdiness and. Because I'm not really doing any long lens stuff. I'm doing like a lot of stuff with a 50 mil, which is just a nice, che nice cheap 50 mil. And then I'm just putting myself into the situation where I'm just I can move myself forward and back and do that. But I, 
I do miss having all the gear. I I did have a lot of it, but I sold a lot when I left, when I was made redundant and I don't get the chance to use it. So there was no point in me having it. I guess in the future, I guess if I was doing it again, a 70 to 200 would be a given because I do take some sports photography and, but I do have my D2 and I've got a D3 um, and I've got my F5 film camera um, which I love. And I've got an Olympus OM one as well, <laughs> um, which I love. And I've got a fridge for, I've got a fridge full of film. Um, but yeah, I, man, if I had the money, I would definitely like get, um, I was looking at what's weird is you can actually pick up a really nice sort of D three really cheap now. Yeah. Um, off wax or something. And there's, there's so many, they're well worth it, man. Yeah. I mean, like you say, you probably know, kit comes out so regular. And yeah. The thing is, if you get into it, buy second hand. As long as it's running good, you know, give it a whirl. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Crack on like, with, yeah. I'm really lucky, like, because I'm tending to do more filming than photography now. So, like, I'll, um, I'm in a position where I can just hire kit now. So for yeah, work, so yeah. um, I'm using the GH5 with um like basically a full range of lenses, basically all the way down from fisheye all the way out to like a 200 mil. And then, so when I go out to Portugal, um, I'm going to take a full kit out with me and a video tripod and, um, but I'll just go out with a GH5 and it, cause it's so small and compact, but the quality is like, is immense. One of our members, um, he basically has a camera that films in 4K and he'll just yeah. take screenshots out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And images, because he's like, the quality is just insane now on that. He um, doesn't even really have to sit there and try and take loads of shots. He'll just press film and just, just watch it. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Like, the game's always evolving, it's always changing. It's, it's different. Well, that's sort of what I'm doing at work. Like, because um, I do a combination, of, I, t- I do a lot more recording like screen ga- in-game capture in 4k yeah. then i do screen grabs like well if we're going to send some media out then we'll use screen grabs and then what i'll tend to do is i'll just record it in 4k yeah. and i'll just pause the video go full screen and i'll just take a screen grab from that yeah. because like if we're sending it out to facebook instagram twitter or linkedin that's way more than enough what people are going to view on a mobile phone or on a hd yeah. monitor. so Heavily compressed Instagram, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Facebook as well. Even YouTube, oh, man. It's no. just like Facebook compression is just, oh, I, it makes me cry. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, well, I guess but, that's just for tweeting your mum and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? Saying that you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aviation with like a 400 yeah. megabyte file, you know. So. But like, I, yeah. So, like, my, if I do dedicated screen grabs, then I, I've got my 4K monitor. Nice. Um, then I'll then just grab stuff from that. But like in-game recording is, yeah, it's always a good one to be fair. So no, it is good. It's entertaining actually trying to, to set the shots you want up. I guess I'm in that privileged position now to be able to, yeah. So I'm running like the development version of our game and now I can run so many different scripts to like attach cameras to wingtips. So the shots that I've always wanted to get, because you, you, yeah. you would never get because you either get your head cut off by a rotor or get sucked into an engine somewhere like that you, <laughs> i can now get in game so you know it's so like i've like i'm running something for our release video that's um coming out later on in the year so i'm like running a, a jtac mission and um i've attached like a camera to the left hand side of this a10 that's going through a valley that i've flown the a10 myself through the valley <laughs> And I've recorded the, uh, the, the, and I'm flying it through and I've attached a camera to it and stuff like that. So it's like, these are the shots that I've always fancy getting. So like, I always use real life ref as well. So like you get your, um, what you guys get on your Instagram, which is amazing. And I definitely give it a shout out. It is so good. Um, I look on there and I have like on my own Instagram, you know, when you can save collections, yep. I always yep. like save collections and I use it as real life reference. So like if I go into my Instagram and like i um will go into my collections i'll see if i can find it i have one like it's called um called um buy sim inspiration so like bohemian and it's literally just like millions and millions of just like reference oh, images yeah. and stuff like that so you can like see like c130s doing jtac missions or you've got like apaches and chinooks in the same shot and yeah 
the yeah. flat. So I will use that and I'll be like, oh, because I was doing B-52 shots the other week. So I've got a load of B-52 stuff. So like I was doing that in game. Like yeah. So I'll try and use re- real life reference shots to to take I it into the simulation thing, like you say we've got instagram that's awesome for your work and what you're doing now with your full side of things yeah 100 percent. a variety of me standing at a field watching a chinook lift two vehicles then you've got guys like alex uh viking oranges where he's a kc-135 crew chief and he's like looking out the back of the boom watching stuff like you've got the whole thing because if you're over the post you're gonna go well pretty much onto instagram and find out all these wicked angles you might have you've pretty much seen them all don't get me wrong but like yeah new perspective haven't you as well yeah like it's a huge like and there's always somebody out there like challenging that creativity and it's something that i have a true believer where you're never at the top of your game yeah like you will you will always learn something from someone else and like like your instagram like you guys doing and stuff like that i'm learning myself like and I, I would never consider myself to be an expert like at what I do. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. No, but I, no, but I would never, but I, but I would never like say, like, I remember getting interviewed for jobs and stuff like that. And they ask you, Oh, so you, and I'm like, no, I would consider myself to be an expert in anything. I'm proficient in this or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. you get a lot of the guys that have a lot of egos and yeah, yeah I'm amazing. I'm the top of my game. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're at the top of your game now, where are you going to be in the next five to So there's always some, there's always something to be learning. Like, and I was lecturing for a while and I would tell that to my students and stuff and go, guys, like, just never let anyone say no to you. Just go and do what you want to do. Like I read my instructor was like, shoot, never, ever shoot into the sun. He was an, he, he taught, he, his background was he taught NASA astronauts how to do photography in space. That was, and, um, and he was like, never, ever shoot into the sun. If I, you, and we had this thing called the table of truth in our, on our photography course. And you would go back after a day and you put your, you'd print them off and you put them on the table of truth and you would go crap, 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 crap. And you're like, well, thanks. Oh. Uh, I feel like this big now. But um, but I I always like so I would sort of say to my uh, when I was in lecture and I would say to my students so like right, uh, how do you think you could improve that shot? And they were like, oh well, I could maybe do this and I could maybe do that. And I'm like, well, stop being so hard on yourself because first of all, the shot's okay, yeah. but yeah, you could next time maybe consider trying this angle or trying that angle and. Yeah doing that sort of thing but that's yeah that's quite, quite a thing we find and i mean like uh, maddox has got to get out and go and have a little go himself but at like lakeney for such for example um you've only got a sort of certain spotters sort of areas and places that you're allowed to go to so everyone's yeah. creative but you come back at the end of the day now with like a few of your friends and you're like mm. oh this shot it's like yeah i've got like 20 all of the same photos <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah like, yeah like, yeah I definitely guess that was like a privilege of mine. Like as a military photographer, we got access to areas where as a civilian just didn't ever get, you know what I mean? Like going out and doing search and rescue stuff and being on pilot and telling them where to fly and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was really good. No, it's good. No, it was, it is. Yeah. I, yeah, it was amazing. Like I can't like, so like, I mean, what I talked about, I have a few pictures up on my wall. Um, so like, I don't know if you can see. So like, I got, I do pride myself on having quite a few front covers. Yeah. So this was the um, the the, the Royal Marine magazine, the Globe and Buster, with two maritime snipers um, hanging out the door. Um, so yeah, I've, I think I'm not sure if I still do have the record, but I I certainly did have the record for the most amount of front covers for the yeah. navy news from a single photographer um so stuart obviously you've uh, you've built quite a good little setup there with uh, taking photos and getting videos in game you can pretty much set up all your own setup all the scenery everything like that but if it was real life you had a helicopter a plane to shoot out of and have a backdrop anywhere in the world to shoot whatever you wanted to do what would your ideal or most favorite self be? Uh, you know what? It would uh, air to air is definitely like it's got to be air to air. Like there's something phenomenal about like I guess 
for me, it's like I love like I've I've done it like it's like doing either a back of a on the tailgate of a C one thirty, doing some doing some low level stuff, and there's like another jet or another C one thirty or helicopters or whatever. And, but I guess if we go anywhere in the world, I'd love to do some like air to air through the Grand Canyon or something like that. Yeah. That would be pretty mental. Like, and I've within our game stuff, I've flown little hawks, little birds, and stuff through in the Grand Canyon, and uh, and like flown. I, I fly the Mac Loop a lot um, <laughs> in our game. Yeah. So, and I've been through the Mac Loop in a hawk, but um, never. Never done it air to air, but yeah, hang, there's something amazing about feeling the air when you've got so, another there. jet so close to you, or multiple jets, and you're doing air to air photography and stuff, or even like from a Lynx to another. Yeah, it, there's something amazing, and you feel, and when you see, there's something like amazing. The rush of blood goes over you when you see the shot, and you're like, I, I get so excited. It's really, I'm like a little kid. I'm like a kid at a candy shop. And I get so excited when you go, yes, that is an amazing shot. Like, and you go back and like, yeah, I, this is the shot. This yeah. is the shot that I want to use. Yeah. Like, I remember taking photographs of like submarines and stuff and having the lens flares and you take that instant shot and you're like, holy crap, that is amazing. Like, but it's, yeah, it's something phenomenal to do. But I guess I'm in a, that privileged position now where I can, Put an aircraft wherever I want in the world now, in game, and chuck your headset it. onto it all VR and be yeah right. yeah exactly yeah it is is amazing like and getting the guys to so like and you can simulate the weapons firing and as they fire they pause so you can then get the screen grab of the like the Mavericks flying off or you know what I mean or you got a fox going out or whatever and awesome. it's just like yeah it's pretty impressive. That's wicked. Yeah. That's absolutely wicked. Well, I think that pretty much gets us back to base. Yeah, um, no, it's amazing. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So thank you all for joining us in episode 14. Thank you very much for Stuart. That's been awesome having a chat with you, mate. Obviously, yeah, amazing. Uh, we look forward to looking through all your stuff. And like you say, we'll give you a shout out in the description for all your work that you've been talking about. So we'll keep on top of that. And um, yeah, bloody brilliant. I can't complain. No, cheers, guys. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, an amazing Instagram feed. Yeah, definitely give you a follow. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, obviously, this has been the Advocate Geeks Assemble podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Please give us a follow on our Instagram and our Facebook group. Give us a follow to keep up with all the podcast updates and everything else that we release on there. We've got some new content coming out with some F15 videos. If you have any questions and you would like to ask us, please send us a DM. Drop us a message on Instagram, drop us a message on Facebook, or email Alex directly. What we're gonna do now, we're gonna run around, give us all our, basically give you all of our apps for like basically how to get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook or any sort of social network. So I'll start off. Uh, I'm pretty much only on Instagram and I'm at Smike Buckley, S-M-I-K-E-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. Uh, Stuart, what, uh, you got any social networks you want to give out? Oh man, just yeah, I'm private. But if you want to give me a shout out and you've got some cool content you want to share, then just at Stu underscore Hill underscore Media. Then yeah, just give me a shout out and don't forget to give uh, by Simulations Bohemia Interactive Simulations uh, a look yes. up on YouTube. We'll do, man. We'll put that in the script, good man. And obviously, you've got good old Alex here. Uh, uh, Geeks underscore Sample. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, that's uh, us back from another flight. And uh, well, thank you, Stuart, for joining us. And uh, stay safe out there, and we'll see you at the fence. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>